Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined as always by Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. And we're both coming to you from a Tuesday here where we have an off day in the NBA, but we are getting ahead of this Wednesday slate with a ton of games as we all come back in one big hodgepodge of NBA slate for Wednesday night. So continue to follow along. We're going to bring you best bets in this video. We also have our play of props up for you as well. Doing really well in the best bets, I will say right now. We went we went three and two, but that's just because I lost a little like baby quarter unit bet overall in the best bets there went uh, plus 1.9 units actually carrying the play of props a little bit but up plus in both and on the season up plus 5.15 units so we'll continue to roll along like and subscribe to that page you can check us out each and every weekday this season also head to the lines.com you can use that odds finder tool that we have up on the site right now make sure that you're getting the best odds available to you from all of these books that are giving us bets in the nba this season nate anything to add or you want to run right into your first best bet here um, I was uh, an inch away from a clean sweep last night and Edwards toe on the line. They did not even go to video review because the Wolves were clearly about to win at that point. But that was his third three. <clears throat> Otherwise, you know, I'll take it. Trust the process. I'm going right back to the process here with the Brooklyn Nets <clears throat> and, you know, a different opponent coming to town that I want to fade. And that's the Clippers. So I'll take Nets money line half a unit. It's plus 150 right now. It's nice that we're getting you guys an early episode here because that's going to be dropping uh, as you go into Wednesday here, as people start to watch some of those Clippers highlights, <laughs> et cetera. Um, Nets uh, money line. Sure. Or we can go with another teaser here. Plus eight. If you get it up there and then the wizards and Hornets down to over two thirty six. Uh, I don't think you really need to lower a, a wizards over at this point. <laughs> Certainly not against the Hornets. I mean, they're going to be playing at a blistering place with LaMelo. The Hornets averaged like 116 since last year versus 107 without him. The Wizards are giving up 129, dead last in defensive rating. Um, and they're giving up a ton of threes at 40%, which is key for a Hornets team that is yet to get going at home. Charlotte has gone over in four straight after going under in two and I mean, feeling confident after that Wizards-Sixers game went to nearly 300 with the Sixers just scoring like 160 on this team. They have no interest in playing defense, and the Hornets are happy to get up and down and play a track meet. So let's talk about the Clippers. And, um, I mean, it's as awkward as you would think with that starting lineup with Russ, James Harden, PG, and Kawhi. Nobody knows who's supposed to be the alpha here. There's so much mental baggage for Russ and James in terms of who's supposed to run the offense, everybody. Is, and if James Harden is forced to play off the ball, it is disgusting. Like he is just such a net negative to your team. If he's trying to come off the ball, like you just watched him on some of those closing possessions and it's just like, Oh, he's making the same cut as that guy. Oh, Oh, okay. Uh, Oh, well, ew. this is, this is awful. Yeah. They got outscored by 14 in the fourth at the Knicks. Uh, they played at a 93 pace with a one Oh four offensive rating in their first game with Harden. He did. Get over his assist prop, just barely. Um, and the key thing is that Ty Lue did not bench him down the stretch, even though he clearly could have gone to Norman Powell and had a better chance to win that game. <clears throat> the Clippers probably going to play the long game here. They're not going to. They're not trying to offend either of those guards, Harden or Westbrook. Um, they're going to try to develop this chemistry as we go. And as we know, the Clippers are fully willing as a franchise to punt road games, to punt East Coast games. To not, you know, no, so they're not going to be going all out here to beat the Nets. 
the next, uh, you know, two nights later. And the Nets I have continued to exceed expectations. Like, look, if the Knicks dropped all those points, handily beat the Clippers, the Nets are seventh in offensive efficiency and the Knicks are 28th. Like Cam Thomas going off, Mikel Bridges, Dorian Finney-Smith, talk about good matchups against Kawhi and PG when you have three elite wing defenders, uh, not though, not not Cam Thomas, but uh, the Nets have Ben Simmons to deploy on them and he is playing good in his role as well. Look, the Nets have yet to to fail to cover all season. Um, you know, and despite playing pretty good teams, they they have a one point loss to Cleveland. They have a close loss to the Bucks now, uh, coming up the same situation. So, I, I trust them to continue to pile on and to the Clippers' woes here as the Clippers try to figure out how to make this thing work. Yeah, you said a lot of interesting things there about the Clippers for sure. That would be a little bit more on the negative side of what you were talking about. Positive being the Nets are cover machines and they're one of two teams to now cover the spread in, in each of one of their games or at least push depending on, on what your closing number was for them. Same with the, the 76ers who I'm excited to see you will be talking about in this video as well, by the way. But nothing to add there. Wizards, uh, Hornets, probably going to watch that probably going to bet on the Hornets still will take the uh the points as well but man like that's going to be a track meet fun game to watch everything you said about the Clippers is true and and like I said cover machines there for the Nets man it's going to be fun to kind of be able to get them especially when they get Claxton and Cam Johnson back who they haven't even had as they've been looking really really good so uh I'm going to go ahead and move to a game that I think we both probably like I'll see what your take is here I'm going to take a, a same game parlay though for my first bet which is Ant Edwards Take him at a conservative 20 points in this game and Minnesota to beat the Pelicans plus 153 there. I, I was looking at it and I was playing around with it and I was like, you know what? I I'm going to keep it uh, pretty simple here and not go even for the 25 points, which Ant's core um, line here for points is 25 and a half on most books. I still think that's a good bet. He got at least 25 in every game. Actually, at least 26 in every game last season against the Pellies. And like, man, he, he they're coming out hot out of the gate in large part because Ant is coming out hot. Um, and he, their defense is following suit as well, especially at home, where they have the number one defensive rating in the league so far this season. Uh, they're covering by 17.5 points per game at home as well, and, the, and they're 4-0, covering every single time, winning by a ton, as I've said. So, you know, the, the teams they beat at home, by the way, are Boston, Utah, Denver, Miami. No slouches that they're that it's not like they're just beating up on the Trailblazers uh, to be, at this point. You know they they have the the number three net rating at home and number three uh, fourth overall in the league as well. Still playing well even on the road where they've uh, they did get beat pretty good a couple times. So um, I think for the the uh, Pellies it's going to be a, a struggle bus man. Like as soon as I saw the Herb Jones uh, note that he's out for a bit and they're going to have to reevaluate him. That's weeks on his timeline for returning. And that means that they're still out with a ton of guys, including CJ, who had a collapsed lung. So something that you have to keep in, in mind for him moving forward is he's not going to be out. We'll see what the, the report is uh, coming back and how long that takes for him to get that figured out. You know, obviously, most importantly for him, get healthy because that's really scary. Um, and then Trey Murphy and Najee Marshall still haven't played. So like that, that's going to be a big problem when you go now and you look at who's going to be, uh, by the way, Jose Alvarado, say what you want. Also, really solid spark plug and legitimate point guard, not available either. With Zion and and Brandon Ingram, it's a struggle right now, man. The two of them on the court at the same time, we've got a minus 15 net rating in 105 minutes together. That's over this year. You look at last year, it was also right around a negative two, right around uh, zero for, for stretches of the season when they actually <laughs> played together. 
So that's not a good look. Uh, In the last game uh, that we just saw them lose to the Nuggets when the Nuggets came all the way back from down 15, minus 11 on the floor for Zion and a minus 29 out there for Brandon Ingram, who got some time with the, the bench as well and still couldn't make anything happen. On-offs for the season, neither of these guys very good, both in the minus double digits when it comes to their net rating for on-off in the six games for Zion, four games for Brandon Ingram. Just just all around bad for them right now, man. I I don't know that they're going to be able to figure it out against a really good defensive team at home in this Minnesota Timberwolves. And you look at Ant scoring, I'm being conservative, like I said. I'll see what you think about it. But the 31.5% usage for Ant on the season, probably something you continue to bank on, especially because, like, Cat's getting his. So I don't know that you're going to start hearing Cat bemoan unless he's really really that big of an insecure baby that if Ant's doing too well, then he's going to start chirping. But for now, it's fine. He's getting his more than 16 shots a game for Cat, which should be enough for the best shooting big man of all time, putting that in air quotes. Um, and and for, for Ant right now, he's got a 15.6 net rating. In 36 minutes per game, these are his per 36 numbers, and they're very, very good. 28 points per game, nearly seven boards, and nearly five assists, with a hefty nearly four turnovers as well. Um, but we'll let that slide for the props that we need him to hit tonight. He's shooting out of control, and I was a little bit worried at first, the 47.5% that he's shooting from three. Will we see some progression? Probably. But we actually already saw it last night when he went two for eight from deep and still scored 38 points uh, in that win that they had uh, on Monday. So um, I I think he's good for the 25. He scored that in all but one game this season. Um, And like I said, 25 plus in three games versus his last four versus New Orleans, dating back to two seasons ago. Yeah, you could go up to 25 here and feel pretty comfortable with Herb Jones out. Yeah, the Pelicans don't really have someone to throw at him. And Cat, yeah, while he's not he's not the man on offense, and I think he's understood that, he's still buying in on defense. And, and the key here, yeah, is Minnesota should be able to pack it in against the Pelicans team that's missing their best perimeter scorer now in CJ and is going to have awkward spacing with, with Zion and Ingram being the two guys there. So uh, I'm with you on the Wolves there. My second pick, yes, I am talking about the 76ers and Celtics, but I'm I'm going with a player prop here. Um, Christoph's Porzingis, 17 points are over one and a half, three pointers made both pretty good odds here after a couple quiet games. And I mean, the logic here is you basically, you got to pull Embiid away from the hoop. You gotta, you gotta make him respect the range, which Porzingis has. I mean, he, he hit a couple of 30 plus point th- three pointers there in the opener, went five for nine from deep since then. Again, he's been quiet. There's been a lot of blowouts or that one road loss the Celtics are coming off, but he's averaging two threes a game on five attempts. This is Joe Missoula ball. you got to get him up. They're third in three-point attempts, fourth in makes, and 11th in percentage. And Al Horford being the guy who's trying to draw Embiid away, his last four against Philly has gone 12 for 28 from three in just 27 minutes. That's forty a 43% clip. The Zinger went in his last four against Embiid, 19 points per game on a 28% usage rate. Six for 16 from three. Um, so I, I think, you know, more minutes in this matchup and and the spacing that the Celtics are able to play with, the, the rotation they're able to get the defense into, you should be able to get some looks for your big man here. The Sixers' defense is inflated. I mean, that's that's the second biggest nut reason here to look at this is, like, look at their opponents. It's the Suns without Book Beal, the Raptors twice, the Blazers with Scoot running the show, the Tanking Wizards, and the Clunky Bucks in their debut. Despite that, slightly below average opponent three-point shooting. Um, and that, you know, that is that is a very favorable slate for your packet in defense. Um, they also allowed the eighth most threes. Two centers last season because of this exact logic. People trying to pull and beat away, make him work um, so that he's not as fresh on the offensive end. 
Yep, hundred percent. I, I I like your angle in this one, and uh, I kind of like the Celtics in this one as well. I, I do think there's a little bit of like, well, who have you played, Philly? You know, if, even if you see Phoenix on there, like you said, no Booker, no Beal, no real competition. Really a ho hum win for them by double digits, and uh, and every everybody else that you mentioned. So I, I, the the small spread here for the Celtics, who look, they lost a game on the road already. Like we, we saw to the T wolves who I already mentioned are the best team at home, basically on the season, uh, at least third best net rating and, and best defensive team. So I, I think we'll see what Philly's made of. It's always going to be a good game. And bead went for 40 plus in the last two that they played last year. So like, that's fine. It's not relevant to your bet. Just also going on my own tangent about how that's going to be a really good game. And maybe that you, you'd like a little bit on the Celtics in that one, but it was a stay away for me for a reason. My, my final pick here is an over on a game that I also am teasing because I wanted to get it down a little bit. And I, I was torn between two bets. So I'm teasing Toronto and Dallas down to 218 and a half on their total. It opened at 221 up to 222 as we're recording this. So I got to take the 218 and a half after teasing that down four points over that. And then Houston plus seven and a half. They're uh, plus three and a half right now. They also opened uh, at four and a half. And so we lost a little bit of value there. But I'm going to tease it back up above that number to seven and a half. Let's start with Toronto, Dallas, uh, Toronto right now. They I mean, look, it's a small sample size, but it's a little bit indicative of last season as well. They average more points per game on the road because they also play worse defense on the road. But they play the same style no matter what, which is like we're just better in transition because we have no half court offense. So please, Scotty Barnes, as soon as you get a defensive rebound, get it and go. And even when you don't get a defensive rebound, get it and go and try and beat the other team down the court before they can handle, you know, get their offense up. The teams that go under against them uh, for, for Toronto this season, it's a lack of pace. And it was a lot of made shooting as well. And it was on the road for predominantly for Toronto as well, where the, the teams that they played where they went under uh, were really slow teams that they played a couple of them at home as well. Chicago, Minnesota, uh, Portland all went under when they, when Toronto played them. They're all bottom five in pace. The three teams we're talking about going over. Philly split one, but they they went over in the first meeting. Milwaukee, San Antonio, all top eleven in pace on the season. So I, they are going to play a little bit more up to the, their comp and get it and go. Um, and the teams that play this pressing attack style offense are susceptible to them getting in transition on made baskets or otherwise like Dallas, who I don't think we can expect to play defense anytime soon. They're, they're fourth in offensive rating on the season, 19th in defensive rating. Maybe Derek Lively gets a little bit better, but uh, there's not much there for them. Maybe Maxi Kleba comes back. Uh, it's still not great on the defensive end at that point. So I think, you know, you can continue to expect the way that they've been playing to be how they continue, um, which is a lot of offense, decent pace, um, still 12th in pace for Dallas, even though Toronto plays at a slow pace, they still get it out and go, like we said, because they don't want to play half court offense. Um, Luca unstoppable and has really owned OG who you expect to be guarding him Ananobi last three meetings versus him, 33 points a game, 10 boards and seven assists. That's in 40 minutes. He's still playing more than 37 minutes right now per game. So it's pretty much his numbers and averages that he's already got against him uh, on the season 32 points per game 10 boards nine assists like he's he's damn near unstoppable right now and, and the good thing about the the offense in this game is even when Luca's off the court right now for the the Mavericks they still have an 118 offensive rating much better than when he was off the floor last season where they really couldn't get buckets so um, lastly Houston not bad not a bad team and and something that we're going to all start saying I think which is like this is a good defensive team on top of the fact that we know Ime comes in and plays a defensive-minded style uh, and, and really you know, presses defense as in, in the most important thing to his team. Like, 
they also have pretty good defensive players. Not, D- Dylan Brooks notwithstanding. Obviously, still have Jayshon Tate out there. Um, the only real negatives on defense at times, Jalen Green and, and, and Fred Van Vliet, to be honest with you. And a little bit of Sangoon down low as well. Um, but he's been able to hold his own as well as a starting center recently, who, if you followed me on him last night, I really hope you didn't because he made me look the complete fool when I tried to take an under on his PRA. And he had a double-double with assists in that game. He was an unbelievable, uh, looked unbelievable in that game. No defense for DeMontis, unsurprisingly. My bet on that one. But now I'm going to back him and, and his squad to take on a, a Lakers team that tr- trouble with injuries, man. Like AD, not sure if he's going to play after leaving the fourth quarter against Miami. That would make it them mean they're probably playing without AD, Rui, Jackson Hayes, Gabe Vincent, and Jared Vanderbilt, who are both out for multiple weeks. That's that's gonna be tough on a, a LeBron James who's really good when they're when he's on the floor they have their best offensive rating of 113 which is still not very good uh, that's why they're in the bottom seven in terms of offensive rating on the season for the Lake Show um, and honestly even when AD's out there I don't really know that it's that helpful right now with him on the floor much worse offensive rating than when he's off the floor because he just hasn't been in his aggressive self that we people who wanted to vote for him for MVP might thought he would do uh, I, I think they're gonna be in trouble with LeBron needing to carry the bulk of everything that happens on both sides of the floor. Without those guys and a Houston team that's young and fresh and at home, give, give me the points. I'm fully on board with the with the Dallas over. They just went over with the Magic here. You know, a team that you would expect to go under in most situations. I think you might be stepping into it here with Houston. I think they're I think they're so. feeling themselves after beating a shorthanded Kings team that's, you know, just came out completely flat. I mean, Dylan Brooks. Yes, he's shooting out of his mind. What does he do? He pokes bears. You know, Steph Curry made him look stupid. They won by double digits, the Warriors. Le- he LeBron James is the bear he poked last year. So if LeBron's got to carry this offense and, and play on both ends against Dylan Brooks, that's bad news for Mr. Brooks. Austin Reeves got it going against the Heat. Um, you know, they they lost to the Heat, but by transitive property, we can't trust any results from the Heat in the in the regular season. So to say the Lakers lost that game, I don't know. And if Anthony Davis is active and you're saying they, the, the Rockets have no weaknesses defensively, he's going to eat Shangun alive. Like defensively, <laughs> he is a baby compared to Anthony Davis. So plus seven and a half, a little more comfortable. But I would, yeah, I would be very wary about saying like Houston is going to win this game at home. Yeah, I like the seven and a half a lot if AD doesn't play. And I kind of like it. If, even if he plays, because I just haven't seen it from him this season. Like I agree with you that he's capable of eating Shangun alive. When 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 are we going to see that from him? He's been capable of eating every single opponent alive, and like I said, they have an 106 offensive rating in his minutes this season. So I, I don't like what I'm seeing from LA right now with the need for D'Lo to do so much on offense. Um, and even if Rui doesn't play, yeah, Austin Reeves hasn't looked like himself. He came back a little bit more against the Heat. We'll see if that like turns him up a little bit, but. Still, you know, th- this total is low for a reason. And I think if I get it up to like seven and a half like that, I think that that the, the low total will be helpful in this game, probably staying pretty close uh, down the stretch. So we'll, we'll see in this one. It's a little bit dangerous. Keep an eye on if AD plays. And if he does, you know, don't don't feel the need to just tail this this tease here. But definitely like the over in that Dallas game, like you said. So let's kick it off with your first prop as you are staying wicked hot so far. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm looking for a way to target this Jazz Pacers game, which should have a total, of, an implied total of a million, um, based on how they've been playing lately. But it's like, I, I went through all the sub, the pro, the supporting players, and was like, why not just Laurie Markkinen? And it's only twenty three and a half points, and it's pretty good juice at FanDuel minus one thirteen. Maybe that'll change by tomorrow. I'm fine playing him up to twenty five points. 
Like the Pacers' biggest issue was power forward last year. They signed Obi Toppin. He has not necessarily been the fix thus far. You know, he is criticized for being not the best horizontally inclined defender. Um, and, and Markkinen, you know, should eat against him. He went for 29 and 11 in his trip to Indy last year, coming off a big revenge game against the Bulls. <clears throat> He's now posting a 27 and a half percent usage rate on the road this year. He's shooting 44% from three on more attempts. So really terrorizing defenses as they try to close out on him to deal with that. Um, You know, his free throw rate is down. I think he's due for positive regression there against the Pacers team that allowed the second most free throws last year and is allowing the fourth most this year. Also allows the most two point field goals thus far playing at the second fastest pace, scoring a ton. And they're they're giving up the highest foul rate. So the, the regression is there. If you want to add the rebounds for Markkinen, I won't blame you. It's only eight to tack on there. I think he's a pretty good bet for a double-double here in a game that should be really up and down. Yeah, no question. Up and down. Like, it, it's going to happen. <laughs> we know that. It, it'll be probably another one of those fun games. Uh, I don't think it really matters Obviously, I like taking Utah points uh, a little bit more when they're at home, but I, you don't have a choice in, in this type of matchup with Indy. So I think, like you said, looking for points in that game is a great way to go. Solid matchup, best offensive player, all makes sense to me at a, a low 20s number there. I'm going with a number that also feels low. I thought I was going to see 30 and a half points for SGA's points prop. And so I'm going to make it a simple points prop as well with uh, Shy Gilgis Alexander going for over 27 and a half points, minus 115 on Fanduel. I was like, it's either juice down or something. Like uh, last year, he did play this team twice in the Cavs. Went over one out of two times. It happened to be when he was at home, which is where this game is. It is he scored 35 in that game. Um, he's gone over this in four of six this season with a 31 percent usage. The two that he went under. Went pretty comfortably under, uh, actually had 23 in one game and then seven in that other game that we saw. That was a complete stinker, I believe, versus the Nugs. And yeah, right, look, man, like the Cavs, they allow the most points to, uh, per game to their to opposing point guards for a very clear reason. There is no defensive point guard, defensive-minded guard on this team, really, at this point. Um, even Ty Jerome, who's gotten some minutes coming in, like, tough dude not would you say horizontally inclined would agree with that as well uh definitely has feet that look like they're in cement blocks at times so like yeah i just don't know like who on this team is supposed to keep him from from getting into the paint and even when he gets into the paint he doesn't really need to go all the way there with that floater and and with that uh foul line shot obviously the Cavs continue to be pretty good at, at limiting points in the paint in part because they're so bad from the perimeter in general right now on defense, which I thought there was going to be a couple guys coming in that would make them look a lot better. But things aren't great in, in Cleveland overall, especially with them missing you know so many guys so often, including Jared Allen. They got Darius Garland back, but just great for more greatness for SGA if, if he's ever switched on to him. So, yeah, the 27.5 points feels low. Is there something that you think I'm missing? Am I walking into some kind of trap here with that one? No, I mean, just one of the two times SGA went under, it, it's because he sprained his ankle, and that was only two games ago. He came back, I, I think, looked all right, though, carried the offense in a win on Monday. Um, and so I think the line is a little bit deflated because we're just, we're just still not sure if he's 100%. But I think the matchup is great. Yeah, against last time these teams got together, it was him and Donnie just dueling. And now Donnie's got Darius Garland back to take some of that pressure off, but it's still SGA – all day 
uh, in terms of creating offense for OKC. Got to like them at home a little bit um, in this rematch, even though the Cavs have a couple guys back. Uh, and talking the best bets about the Nets at home against the Clippers, who are trying to figure some stuff out here with James Harden in the fold. And I, I think a way to approach that from player props is to keep riding Ben Simmons in terms of his rebounds and assists. 15 and a half at uh, pretty even money at FanDuel. I would put a unit on that and a quarter unit on him to get a double-double, which he's done twice so far this season, flirted with triple-doubles. Um, mostly because, you know, if James Harden just pulls down the hustle stats of your entire team, Ben Simmons is is the antithesis of that right now. He's trying to prove himself by just getting loose balls, getting rebounds, pushing the pace, getting assists and and dunking and not trying to do anything out of his uh, ahead of his skis on offense. He's averaging a career high 10.8 rebounds per game. That's 12.3 per 36 minutes. Um, you know, he's aver- still getting seven and a half min- assists per 36, despite a, a lower assist rate, not necessarily handling as much in the half court. Uh, but when he plays against James Harden teams and that being the Sixers, the Nets in the past, uh, to take away his dud last season where he was just still a mental mess. He's averaging 17 points, eight and a half rebounds, 8.3 assists. So clearing this number pretty comfortably. LA giving up the most rebounds to small forwards. If that's where you want to slot Simmons, not really sure what position he's playing, but they are giving him the fifth most offensive rebounds per game overall, second most steals. And in their last two here, one with Harden in the lineup, gave up a hundred rebounds to the Lakers and Knicks also gave up 28 assists in each game. So you, if, again, if you watch Harden play down the stretch, uh, it's just like it, anything the other team wants to do in terms of hustling is available to them. Um, that the Clippers offense is a mess with him and Russ on the floor at the same time. Ty Lue's got a lot of work to do. Um, and right now I'm just going to try to capitalize on that by taking some guys on the other side, uh, especially when it comes to the rebounds, because I think the Clippers are not going to be having much success on offense. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel you on this one. Um, my first thought with this game is like, well, there's if the starting lineup is those five guys, that's a lot of Ole defense, especially in the backcourt where you've got Cam Thomas doing work. I mean, maybe Mikhail gets the best defender on the other team, which who who, who is, I mean, it's Kawhi if he was trying. I, don't, I haven't seen Kawhi put forth that level of effort. PG's probably not far behind him. Uh, I guess I just also think the the points for for other guys like it's getting pretty high for Kim Thomas at twenty six and a half, Mikhail twenty two and a half. So I, I I do like Mikhail a little bit better there. But yeah, I just I don't I, there's gonna be a lot of Olay defense. That's that's really what it comes down to. And if like you were saying about the Knicks when they played the Clippers, like they could barely take advantage of it scoring one hundred eleven points, and that offense is about as clunky as it gets right now in the league as well with the the New York Knicks. So yeah, I'm I'm here for the the Ben Simmons bet. I, I think the double double is a nice little you know plus two forty as well. Um, I'll I'll just move on and say that's my next bet and, and my final one here for our play of props on Wednesday's video. DeAndre Ayton, double-double. Nothing's out for my boy right now, uh, but I, if he can get to 10 points, he's getting 10 boards. I expect his boards prop to probably be 11.5, maybe 12.5. If it's 12.5, I think it's, it's it's definitely a little bit high. If it's 11.5, I think it's still a pretty good number. He's averaging 13.3 on the season um, and has gotten at least 11 boards in every game that he's gotten uh, double-digit boards, except for one. And, and there was one game where he got the nine boards and didn't get 10. Uh, you worry more about the points, to be honest. 
dominating is just not really hitting the little baby hook very often. And there's not a lot of shots to go around because there's no one really other than Malcolm Brogdon, who honestly just doesn't have the ball in his hands enough or the playing time right now. Uh, there's no one that's setting up an offense, setting other guys up to score in the offense. And that's a big problem with Aiden. And that's why his usage is so low. And that's why his second chance points make up the majority of his points in the league right now. Because when you get thir- more than 13 boards a game, hopefully, you know, the, the, we got what more than four and a half of them are on the offensive side. Um, so that's good for some putbacks for him, but yeah, he, he does need to get to the line a little bit and be a little bit more aggressive on offense. But as far as the rebounding goes, you know, the, the Kings, man, it's tough right now for them. We just saw Shangun eat them alive. He only got eight boards, but he got the 12 assists because he was also playing from the three-point line so much to draw DeMontis away from it and let other guys like Jayshon Tate get offensive rebounds. Um, but either way, for against DeMontis right now, like, you can do what you want. He's, he's, he, he is giving up the most uh, rebounds to opposing centers in the league. I'm not saying the Kings are. I'm saying DeMontis Sabonis is giving up the most rebounds to opposing centers in the league so far this season. Um, and I think that's going to continue for Aiden who is the only guy getting rebounds and we've talked about it before that's why I'm, I'm really going back to the well with him the only guy getting boards for the Portland Trailblazers with the way that this line their lineup is constructed relying on Jeremy Grant to play the four and get down low sounds like you're more confident in just taking his rebounds prop as long as it's nine I just don't know half, what it is yeah ten and a half yeah that it, you might want to split your unit between that depending on on what the odds are here because yeah the Kings offense is is a train wreck at the moment without De'Aaron Fox so yeah, you, you can count on that a little bit more. You said Sangoon only had eight rebounds. He only played like 27 minutes. The Rockets were up like 30 in the first half. Uh, the Kings just got got rolled. Uh, I, I mean, I was intrigued taking the Blazers here. I don't really have the same confidence yeah. in them uh, as, as a unit because of what you mentioned. Yeah, they just got so many young guys freelancing out there. But defensively, Aiton should gobble up all the boards, and, and the Kings have a low – Team total per usual right now without Fox. So I, I trust him to get those boards. Another big part of it. You know, I had a guy on on Twitter, my boy John, shout out John Wilson, hit me up and say when I was, we were talking about my DeMontis Sabonis pick yesterday, taking under seven and a half re, uh, assists for him. And his response was like, well, yeah, we just need the other guys to hit shots and then DeMontis will get those assist numbers up. And I'm thinking, yeah, but there's a reason that they're not quite as open with De'Aaron Fox not the, not being the one to set up everything from the jump, create the the mismatch on offense and the imbalance in the, in the opponent's defense and then get everything going from there where DeMontis is the second pass and he's got cutters and it's just, it's not the same, you know, so without D Fox. And I think that'll be the case again uh, with plenty of rebounds available for Mr. Ayton. So that is all the time we have for you in the play a props video, follow along, do subscribe to that page and like the video. If you would check out our play. Uh, no, this is play of props. So you check that out, check out best bets as well. Have that up for you on the season up 4.15 units in the best bets as well. So up all over the place, 5.15 on the season. We'll continue to trudge along with you guys through this, fun NBA season and until we see you next happy betting